guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. gentlemen you know what that sound means it means it's episode 131 of the personal arrogance podcast brought to you by the bald move network i am your host eric walquist uh and with me as always is my co-host and my trusty you know my sidekick we're like two heroes we're like batman and mm-hmm. superman riding together in the night holding hands uh mm-hmm. what's your name uh, I'm I'm Jesse. Yep. Er- Eric appears to be at like an eleven, and I I feel like I'm more at like a four or five. Well, you got to even out. Yeah, got We average out. out to a, a solid eight point five. Yes, I'd give it a seven. <laughs> seven point one. There we go. Well, what are you gonna do, Jesse? How how is your week? Did you do anything uh, fun? No. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Jesse, we'll get to that later. We'll get to it. Uh, but Jesse... How I was got, your Monday? Monday sucked. Monday sucked. I yeah. actually took Monday off work. That's the thing. <laughs> that's what you got to do is if you take a vacation, you have to take a day after the vacation to recover yeah. from the vacation. Because it's worse... I feel like I need a vacation <laughs> from my vacation. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but it is the worst to like... Come home, get home at like eight thirty at night after being on a plane and traveling all day, and then being like, "Oh, I have to be at work tomorrow." It's yeah. a bummer. My boss sent me a he sent me a text. <laughs> okay, and he and it said like, um, "I don't know when I'm going to be into work tomorrow. We don't really have any work, so you can ask Mike for if you're looking for something to do." And I was just like, you know what? I think I'm not going to go in. Good. Yeah, it was it was good timing. Yeah, that's good timing. Um. Yeah, so Jesse, why don't we get right into the Dedo this week? Right. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by the Bald Move Network, and it's dedicated uh-huh. to um, fellow hosts. Uh, I, I like to think of them as our sister cast. Uh, uh, totally. The Because Show. Um, Gerilyn, yes. who pulled a baller move on us. She pulled a major baller move on us, uh, like a Kobe baller move on us, you could say. Yeah. Kobe-esque? <laughs> Kobayashi-esque. Kobe-esque. Uh, so, as some of you know, we had our Bald Move meetup last week uh, at the Avering Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. Yes, Jesse and I traveled together this weekend. We flew on a plane together. We played Magic in the plane, drafters in the rafters. Great way to pass the time on a flight. Uh, we flew there. We hung out. We drank a lot of beer. We hung out with Aaron and Jim from the Bald Move Network. And we had our Bald Move meetup at the Avery Brewing Company. So we obviously want to thank everybody who made it out. Uh, we had a raucous time. We drank a ton of beer. We uh, played Cards Against Humanity. Laughs were made. People were offended. There was a table of deaf people next to us. It was an awesome night. And uh, and I think the deaf people were having a great time. They were playing a lot of I darts. I think so. Um, 
So, but but we're we're here, and we each get this beer that's called the Beast. It's like a sixteen percent beer, and it was really really delicious. They serve it to you in like a little tiny shot glass because it's so high alcohol content, and it was awesome. And then the waitress comes by, and what does she say, Jesse? Uh, she says, uh, "Do you guys know who Geraldine is?" <laughs> because she just bought your guys' last round of drinks, right? And at first off, I was like. I don't know a Geraldine. Like, I thought she was somebody who was, like, here in Boulder or, like, she was, like, I'm friends with this lady named Geraldine. And then I was like, oh, Geraldine, of course I know who Geraldine is. And then, yeah. Oh, and, and she bought you a round of drinks. Yeah. From Such across a move. the mountains. Oh, my God, dude. Like, how could you – how more baller could you get? She just called in, gave him her credit card and said, yeah, just let, just let me buy a round of drinks. Like, that yeah. is the most baller move you can make. If you have friends – at a birthday party yep. at Azteca, just call and cover mm-hmm. their margaritas, and, they, and they'll think you're a god. Exactly. Yeah. That was um, such a baller move. It's not even on my radar. Yeah. Like, it's something I would have never, ever <laughs> thought to even do. Yeah, exactly. And she made it look just so easy. Yeah, seamless and effortless. And, exactly. Uh, and, and if you look back on last week's episode, it's called Episode 130, Part 1. We fully, fully uh, expected to record a podcast with Aaron and Jim while we were all in Boulder together. But uh, let's just say that round of beasts uh, kind of prevented that from happening. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, you know, Gerilyn sponsored, uh, sponsored a drunk dial. And uh, so we drunk dialed the Because Show. Well, you know, I actually like to think of this as um, episode 130, part two. Okay, that's fine. Episode <laughs> very brief. Episode 130, part two, episode 131. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean the drunk dial oh, okay. was episode oh, oh, 130.2. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and Angela Martinez on her Facebook page, she said she wanted us to talk about this drunk dial. And instead of talking about it, we're just going to play it. So, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, this is why we weren't able to record with Aaron and Gino this weekend, because this is basically what the weekend evolved into. Hello. Hi, Pikachu. Hi, Pikachu. You're the arrogant. You bought us a round of drinks, so we had to call you. Baller move. Baller move. It was crazy. The uh, waitress came over and said, do you know somebody named Geraldine? Because she just bought you a round of drinks. Over the phone. So we had to call you. And just let you know how the night has ended up. Aaron is wrapped up in blankets, butt to butt, with Gino in the other bed. Uh, we're gonna watch some television and fall asleep. Uh, from the Rocky Mountains, uh, we just wanna say the Cut Show is our favorite show featuring the greatest ladies this side of the Rocky Mountains. And thank you so much for the beers. Anything else? Uh, no, I need to get to that televangelist. All right, uh, we're gonna get saved, uh, so we'll talk to you later. Yes, and that's what the night devolved into, and it was glorious. We did watch televangelists as we fell asleep because we were too drunk to change the channel. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> unfortunately, I failed my saving throw. Yeah, I think so. We all I did. remain unsaved. Good, good. <laughs> Uh, so that's, you know, the Because Show, they're obviously baller status. They're, they're walking around with gold chains on their, har- on their arms. Cause that's what, <laughs> that's what ballers do. Uh, their, their arms are so badass, they're called harms. Exactly. 
So they walk around with gold chains on their arms, and that's the Because Show. They're basically they're they're like us, but they cover more lady topics, and they also cover very important things like how to manage your money and uh, how to deal with breast cancer, but with funniness and a little bit of a uh, of, of rogue but gallery banter, and I love it. And mm-hmm. my wife especially loves it. She listens to it, and she was like, "We need to talk about money because the Because Show talked about money." And I was like, "All right, Because Show, you got me." There was a really good episode of Blue Yonder back in the day where Aaron laid down like some some important money tips. Yeah, too bad that podcast is defunct. So now you can listen to the Because Show. <laughs> it's, it's much better. It is much better. So, <laughs> ladies of the Because Show, and especially Geraldine, for pulling the baller move of the century. This podcast is. For you. Jesse, let's move on to some listener feedback this week. Um, last week, we we posed a challenge to uh, listeners, uh, German correspondent Dennis Kleinbeck, and, uh, and of course, Connect the Dotsies' very own Roger Dotsie, to uh, give us their Oscar picks, because they both seem very excited about the Oscars. I'm not as excited about the Oscars, but I think, uh, I think they both might have set me straight here. Um, so, uh, so Roger, we're going to start with Roger's, uh, take, uh, on the Oscars and then we'll move on to Dennis. This is Roger's take on this year's Academy Awards. Hey, Eric and Jesse, it's Roger here, your official Oscar correspondent. Um, calling with a few tidbits. First of all, Oscar history. They did change it to 10 films after The Dark Knight. However, last year they changed the rules, uh, tweaked it a little bit more to now. It doesn't matter how many films, it can be between 5 and 10, depending on who gets 5% of first place votes. Both this year and last year, there have actually only been nine nominated films. So, The Dark Knight Rises actually just did not get 5% of first place votes. It was There was an open spot for a tenth one, didn't get there. Um, secondly, I've got to... I've got to argue against your inclusion of The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I think The Dark Knight was a better film. I feel like The Dark Knight Rises was excellent. Um, I even liked the story better, but overall The Dark Knight was a better film. And The Lord of the Rings as a trilogy was a better trilogy. Now, where The Dark Knight trilogy beats it is in the writing and I don't think you can give a best picture just for those two categories. In fact, it already won a acting Oscar, whereas the Lord of the Rings series won zero. Um, so on to 2013. Saw a bunch of movies this weekend. All of them are good this year. All of them. Um, my favorite is Argo. I did not think I'd like it, but it's a really intriguing, engaging film. I highly recommend that. Um, The Life of Pi was excellent. Uh, Les Mis, I thought I was going to hate, and I got to tell you, it was actually pretty intriguing as well. Um, You know, uh, you can't go wrong this year. I'm rooting for Argo. I would be rooting for Ben Affleck, but he was not nominated. Um, Other than that, just go see him. Go, you know, listeners, go see him yourself. Enjoy. Have a great time. Jesse... You might look at times and say these are pretentious, but they really are good movies. All of them are this year. Go check them out. Enjoy. And everybody, stay arrogant. 
Stay arrogant. Get off my back, Roger. Get off my back. Especially Seriously. get off my back. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I love how he said it was pretentious. <laughs> yeah, he just I knows. Like, Roger literally knows you now. <laughs> he literally knows you. I love it. Uh, it's not a pretentious thing. It's I don't I don't have time to watch movies, and I don't really care to. <laughs> because it's pretentious. <laughs> no, it's not pretentious. It's just I'd rather play Skyrim. I do, Roger. I really appreciate your calling in this week, and I do have to disagree with you. I, in my personal opinion, I think the Dark Knight trilogy is better than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Now, you know, maybe you and Roger should just have a podcast together. Maybe we should. <laughs> It'll be called Tenawa. It'll be Tennessee and Washington opinions by Connect the Dotsy's very own Roger Dotsy and personal arrogance, uh, straight man Eric, the the terrible base walkist. A pretty long title. It's it's like Master Commander. <laughs> um, but I do think maybe uh, you know Rogers actually inspired me. Maybe I need to rank trilogies in a future podcast, uh, top trilogies of all time. Because I Predator. know. Well, okay. <laughs> Just Predator One and Predator Two are so good that they are considered a trilogy well, don't for, in my book, and don't, take the number one rank. Don't forget Predators. I didn't, I didn't see it. All right. <laughs> now it's time to get the German perspective from our very own Dennis Kleinbeck, uh, our very own German, Dennis Kleinbeck. Here are his Oscar hey guys, predictions. Hey, guys. Dennis from Germany. You'd have made it my voice, and so I'll give it to you. Um, so my Oscar picks, beginning with best movie. Um, I guess the Academy will give it to um, either Argo or uh, Lincoln, both good movies. Um, but I think uh, giving it to Bigelow's Zero Dark Thirty would be very, very extreme, but, but possible. Um, the winning director will be Michael Haneke for Amour, um, which is a really good movie, and I hope he wins. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis will win the race for Best Actor, uh, so far Jessica Chastain as Best Actress. Um, Waltz, uh, Christopher Waltz, will uh, win his second supporting uh, Oscar for playing the main role in the Tarantino movie. Anne Hathaway will win because um, her acting actually broke my heart in Le, um, oh, not trying to pronounce that movie. Um, so I'm curious about Roger's picks and um, I wish you guys a nice week. I wish you a nice week and get off my back. Get off my back. Have a good month. Yeah. Why don't you have a good year, Dennis? Yeah. Uh, I First of all, I love the German accent. Second of all, I'm pretty sure Dennis Kleinbeck is just a cover for Christoph Waltz. <laughs> I think that they're the same person because they sound exactly the same. <laughs> we'll receive his second uh, yeah. supporting actor <laughs> for uh, yeah. notice, like the lead role. <laughs> right. Notice the uh, – notice the. there's a little bit of snubbed in that <laughs> – in that uh, that rendition, um, but I everybody's loving Argo, so why not? Let's root for Argo. Is that that animated one? No, I think that's that Coen Brothers movie that's set in North Dakota. <laughs> oh, that's Fargo. Mm. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have ruined the punchline on that. That's an intellectual isn't it, joke. Isn't it something that's in the belly of a plane for transportation purposes? Yes. Yeah, no, that's Operation Double Drop. <laughs> That didn't win. Best trilogy of all time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dumbo, God. Dumbo Returns. The other thing I love about 
Germans is that they always say all the Germans that I've ever met are always like, or any like Germanic country, so like Switzerland or whatever, northern <laughs> northern European countries. They're always like, oh, my English is so bad. I'm like, you basically speak a better English than any American. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think they're doing that just to make us feel bad. Yeah, it's probably some kind of German inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, Roger, thank you so much for calling in this week. You can call in anytime. You can even drunk dial us like we did to the Because Show listener. Oh, please do. Yeah, drunk dial us. Put us in your phone and just label it drunk dial. Drunk dial, please. Drunk dial the Personal Arrogance Podcast at 360. Get out your phone. 360-362-0024. That's 360-362-0024. Two four. We have one more phone call. We're going to save that for the end of the show, and it's coming to you from Orange County. But Jesse, we got to get into this. Yeah, we got to get right into it. So, um, we're each going to roll a twenty sided die. Oh shit, shit! We need to do. Uh, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Uh, real quick, I'm drinking Red Chair Northwest oh, Pale yes. Ale. I don't think it's as good this year. It's not as good. It's never as yeah. good as the first time. It really isn't. Yeah. But uh, that's with any beer. Like, celebrate the first time I drank Celebration, I was like, this is the greatest beer. And then it's never lived up to that. Well, any time a beer is, comes out in a limited release and then they up the production, it's hard to maintain that same level of quality. Yeah. Well, that's it's, just a fact. I think it's still solid, though. I like it. This it's year. solid, but yeah. it's not as good as last year for sure. That's true. Uh, and then this week, I'm actually drinking a homebrew this week. Not my homebrew, but my brother in law's father's homebrew. Oh, cool. He made a chocolate stout, and it's actually pretty damn delicious. And I got a great buzz off of it. He did a good job. Yeah, chocolate stout, any sort of dark, roasty beers are great for homebrewing, especially for beginners because they're hard to screw up. Well, and, like, he's also a farmer, and he's, like, a machinist. Uh So I feel like he's got all of the techniques, like, like he's got all of the, the inherent skills to be a good homebrewer. Nice. Does he live in Seattle? No, yeah, he lives in B-Town, Bremerton. Oh, I should go hang out with him. Dude, he'd love to hang out with you. He can talk your ear off. That guy is All great. Right. That guy's great fun. Hook me up. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, now it's time for a little tiny Matt roll-off. We're each going to roll a 20-sided die to see who gets to speak first on the podcast this week. And here we go. I'm in the middle with a 10. I'm a 17, baby. Uh, All right. So this week. NC-17 uh, on this cast. Yep. As always. Um, so this week, uh, wow, we're getting a ton of likes on Facebook. Um, I know, they just keep pouring they in. They keep pouring in. Um, but uh, but we're going to get to our thread. So each week on Facebook, we post uh, when we're going to be recording. And if you want to talk, if you want us to talk about anything, just let us know. We post that usually on Wednesdays. So this week we post it on Thursday because we're still recovering from the weekend. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of great responses. And both James F. Covey and Lassa Lund uh, wanted us to talk about the new Star Wars expanded universe, which makes a lot of sense because you could you could call this week Star Wars week in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, and we also got uh, and of course uh, you know Roger Dotsy also sent us a message talking about you got to talk about Star Wars. So they announced this week uh, that they're going to be doing these spinoff series like we had talked about before, where you're going to get kind of like the Marvel uh, in individual films. And they announced uh, some characters that they're going to be doing. So they're going to be doing young Han Solo. They're going to be doing Yoda. And they're going to be doing Boba Fett. Now, 
is this first of all, Jesse? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, well, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about it before. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm just I, excited for new content with new directors and exactly. a new vision. Well, and that's the thing is that it's new directors. Like you're gonna have a different director for every movie, <laughs> so you're gonna be able to get that wide berth of you know repertoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I'm excited about it. Uh, but, uh, but our, our friend James Cubby, he wanted us to talk specifically about a Boba Fett movie. And I think this is the one that most people are the most excited about. Right. I probably the most excited about, I'm actually not that excited about a Han Solo or a Yoda film. Yeah. Especially the Yoda one. Yeah. Yoda's not that great of a character. Well, he's not. I mean, and, and as a main character, like the whole idea of a movie is that you have to have a protagonist that you can identify with. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to identify with Han Solo because he's looking at this entire world that's crazy and it's full of wizards and uh, wizard clones <laughs> and uh, and aliens and great magic cards. Giant, wizard clones, yeah, wizard clones is a good magic card. Uh, pretty good card. Uh, so and he and he's and he's taking it all in stride, but also with a nice sarcastic bent. He's a guy that you can identify with. Uh, but Yoda is just a little green dude. Right. And especially if he's CGI, it's going to be a little tough, I think, to pull that off in a way that people are going to be able, be able to identify with Yoda throughout an entire movie and care yeah. about his origin story or whatever they try to cover. There was an episode of Futurama, <coughs> excuse me, where, uh, in the background, they they were walking by a mu- movie theater and it said something along the lines of Star Wars 13, Yoda's Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> So this could be it. This could be it. I like how they're still making Star Wars movies like thousands of years in the future. <laughs> and they're only but on they're number... they're only on 13. Yeah, they're only on number 13. Every 100 years, you get a new one. Yeah. So, you know, Boba Fett, I think, would be cool if they did it in a very stylized way. And I don't know mm-hmm. how the... I don't know how, uh, how the Star Wars fans would respond to it, but... If you look at what Marvel did with the Marvel Universe, they definitely shot the movies in their own specific way. So, like, Thor was directed by Kenneth Branagh, and it was full of Dutch angles and, like, very sweeping, and it had its own feel. Thor is my favorite of the standalone Marvel movies, by the way. Uh, but, uh, but like, Captain America was filmed in a way where they used, like, soft lighting that was very... Is, emulating you know it's, it's a movie that was set uh, in the 40s and it was really emulating like the type of cinematography that george or george lucas steven spielberg used to emulate the 40s in the indiana jones movies like it's very soft lighting and you kind of get that antique feel around it so you could do stylized fashions in these things not every movie has to look clean as clean as what george lucas did in the in the in the original trilogy in the prequels um, but I would love to see something that is super dark, that uh, portrays Boba Fett as the anti-hero, and I'm just going to put it on the table. I want Christopher Nolan to direct a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, do that, man. Like, portray him as either, like, a Batman character or portray him, if you want to go super stylized, Zack Snyder. Uh, you know, he said, he said he's already on the hook for like a seven samurai Jedi movie, but why not do like a Rorschach esque thing? Like from Watchmen with, with Boba Fett. 
you know. Yeah, I think you could do that. I uh, I, just, I think you gave it to Michael Bay, though. Yeah, that's the other option, is that if you want a really good movie, just throw <laughs> throw Michael. Okay, so let's let's go down that road since we did that. Uh, what what movie in the Star Wars universe would should Michael Bay direct? Uh, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I guess, I guess he could. You could do like some more of the battley stuff. Yeah, like big battle, like the wars that yeah. take place among the stars. Is that? Does that happen? Uh, well, not as much mm. as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love the idea of Zach's or I'm sorry, of Michael Bay doing some kind of giant droid movie, dude. This <laughs> Star is Star Wars Battlefront the movie. Yeah, yeah, that does it. And you follow a uh, a clone trooper who is trying to identify his own, who's, who's trying to find his identity in a world <laughs> where everyone is him. What if? What if? Um. What if he did a prequel about Greedo? Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, Greedo's like this ultimate yes. badass warrior yeah. in, in his previous life. And yeah. he's like constantly barely surviving like cannon <laughs> explosions and like all these crazy things are almost killing him. And he thinks that he's like force attuned because he's just so lucky and he's always in the right place at the right time. And then the joke to that is that he gets shot by hand when... See, I like the idea. I love the idea of Greedo uh, building an empire, all a Scarface, um, <laughs> where he's, and it shows him. For, it shows him like growing up from childhood, where in it, as his childhood, he's like neglected by his father, and like he's growing up, and he's got a lot of insecurity issues. So he puts on this like really strong front, but he actually never backs up what he says. Mm-hmm. And uh, by kind of chance, ends up running this crime empire, uh, but then it fall it all falls apart at his hands because he's an incapable leader, and so he he uh, backslides into bounty hunting, uh, where he is promptly killed by Han Solo. Mm, I like it, and it could be called Hunshot first. <laughs> <laughs> we have it. Yeah, I think we're onto that. Uh, uh- Okay, so this is the other thing. Our our good buddy Lassalund, who uh, is part of the uh, the Weekly Blend podcast, he posted on his Facebook page. He's like, "What other uh, members of the Star Wars universe do you want to see standalone movies about?" And I think about my favorites, uh, my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. Of course, Boba and Han are in that category, but uh, along with that are Lando Calrissian, mm-hmm. who I like. He's a cool guy. And probably my favorite, because if you know anything about the Personal Air podcast, you know we love cephalopods, and Admiral Akbar. Mm. If Michael Bay directed the Admiral Akbar movie, that would be something I would watch. That would be great. About yeah. a- about Akbar coming up through the ranks. Coming up through the ranks. Of- From Ensign Akbar all the way up. Right. Lieutenant Akbar. And the, the Mon Calamari resistance, where... <laughs> He rallies the Mon Calamari to to fight against the Empire and like the Empire. That sounds is... like a racial slur, Mon Calamari. I know it's just so funny that they're called the Calamari and they're they're squids, <laughs> and that's why Zoidberg exists. It's it's so funny, like the whole thing. It's full circle. Uh, right. But 
really, Admiral Akbar is the guy that I want to see a movie about. Mm. And, like, Michael Bay depicting the Empire attacking Mon Calamari and their floating cities of coral. And, uh, and then the Mon Calamari have a great star fleet. The whole thing just rules. I want to see that. It practically writes itself. Also, I would love to see an R2-D2 movie. Mm. See, I want um, a behind-the-music uh, behind yep. special yep. on figuring Dan and the modal notes. See, I think that there should be a battle of the bands between Max Rebo and the Max Rebo oh, band of Jabba's yeah. Palace and the, and the Cantina band. And what it is, it's a concurrent movie where you're following each of the bands as they lead up to this battle of the bands, and you have to kind of choose who you want to root for in the final battle of the bands tattooed, and the losers get fed to the Sarlacc. <laughs> the Sarlacc pit monster. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Big grin. We're getting the band back together. <laughs> this, it, could, it could actually run in the Star Wars universe, and you know that Max Rebo won because Jabba was putting on the entire contest. <laughs> <laughs> and just dump the cantina band into the Sarlacc pit. We're on a mission from the Force. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a Blues Brothers movie. That would be awesome. And then you could have a bunch of musical cameos. <laughs> they could all have this. They could be a bunch of speeder races. Yeah. Totally. Then, like a hundred speeder pileups. Yeah, and there's like the Sand Troopers, and they're like trying to catch them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea. And Steven Spielberg was an actor in Blues Brothers. That's true. That's Whoa. very true. He was. Let's just get John Landis to direct it. the The mm -hmm. Battle of the Tattooing Bands. Let's get some goofy shit in here, guys. Yeah, let's and run... we gotta have Lorne Michaels have a cameo. Yeah. Oh God, what if it was just an SNL thing? <laughs> that would be awesome. Andy Sandberg. Yeah, as Max as, Rebo. As, no, as Andy Sand Trooper. <laughs> Oh god! No, and, uh, and also Adam Sandler as yeah, Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler. <laughs> as Max Rebo. Yeah. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah, let's not. Let's put a giant uh, blue uh, trunk on him and have him play the keys. <laughs> have him tickle the ivories. Well, so, there's also that one. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, the other thing. So now that now that directors are in the loop, now we can pick whatever director we want. Let's let's run through some directors. So okay. if this is right up my alley, I know it is, man. If but I'll I'll, I'll throw some in here that you that you recognize. <laughs> um, so if uh, Guillermo del Toro directed a Star Wars movie, who would you want that Star Wars movie to be about? I would want that to be about. I mean, we're we're being pretty Tatooine centric, but I feel mm -hmm. like Tatooine's the most fleshed out. Yeah, it is. Planet. It's our home planet. Um, I would want that one to be about the Rancor and the Rancor handler. Oh, yeah. The Rancor Handler. And you actually understand why he cries. Exactly. When the That's dies. the greatest untold story in the Star Wars universe. Why do you cry when the Rancor why dies? Why is he crying? Yeah. It could be That's a what drama. it could be called. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you cry when the Rancor dies? <laughs> a movie by Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> a movie. I, I, I would have film. Yeah. I was thinking that uh, Guillermo del Toro could do a kick ass Wookiee flick. Where you actually do follow the storyline that we talked about a couple of weeks ago of Chewbacca as the greatest rebel spy. And it's all – there's zero CGI or the, or all the CGI is is done uh, very uh, tactically like is done in the Hellboy movies. 
and you have Chewbacca, who is not CGI, and the Wookiee clan uh, rebelling against the Empire. Yeah. Working a little Max Rebo, and we got a story. There you go, Who's man. up next? Um, how about, uh, well, the problem is, like, all of these directors are in it. Like, Zack Snyder, J.J. Abrams, <laughs> and the, uh, I mean, my, my last, have you seen Attack the Block yet? No. Jesse, I gotta give you the DVD, man. That movie rules. Yeah. Uh, but you've seen. I, I really want to see it. You've seen Shaun of the Dead, right? Yes. So how about Edgar Wright? Like oh, what? Yeah, what it's got to be a good? buddy thing. Well, yeah, and he's done. He's done. Uh, he's working on a Marvel movie right now. He's doing the <laughs> Ant Man film. This will be released mm-hmm. in 2015. But yeah, a buddy pick, man. Oh, know what? I he could do what? Uh, you know, you remember the high bombers who uh, let the bombs down on the asteroid when uh, the Millennium Falcon was hiding inside the worm oh, stomach? Oh, dude, yeah. It could be about two buddy TIE fighter oh, pilots. Oh, I love this idea. Played by just... played by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. <laughs> yeah, of course. TIE bomber pilots. They yeah. have the worst gig in the universe. They have the most useless <laughs> ship that takes two people to operate. They're just trying to survive the war. Yeah. And it fits in with canon because all those guys are British. <laughs> I love it. I just love they, the idea of both of those guys in those stupid outfits with the giant helmets. And stuff. They, they totally have the opportunity to blow up the Millennium Falcon, but they don't because they don't want to risk combat. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. We can't outrun them. It's There's impossible. No <laughs> what do you think oh, your odds are of blowing them up with one bomb? I'd say about 50-50. Yeah. I don't like those odds. <laughs> I don't like those odds. <laughs> I'd say about 60-40. Which way? I'm not going to tell you. Either. Yeah. <laughs> Both. What does that even mean? Well, all I could say, and we talked about it last week, is I hope they run this shit into the ground. Some people are afraid that the Star Wars universe is going to be ruined. Uh, spoiler alert, it is going to be ruined. Yeah, plan- why don't you... Uh, Will go sat- back to 2000. Yeah, it'll saturate the uh, the Star Wars universe, but I'm like, bring it on, man. I want to see what goes on. I want to see awesome Jedi battles. I want to see funny movies. I want to see dramatic movies. I want to see dark movies. I want to see whatever Disney wants to throw at us. Yeah, and, I think uh, uh, finally they should do – there's an old uh, um, Star Wars book of short stories called Tales from the Cantina. Oh, yes, Tales from Os the Cantina. I love that shit. Yeah. Put uh, yeah. put that on HBO and give it to Quentin Tarantino. Oh my lord, Jesus! Oh, I love that. Uh, I also love the idea. Did you, did you read <laughs> Tales of the Bounty Hunters? Yeah, I read some of that. Yeah, uh, that would also be extremely legit. You could work that in there. Something with IG88. Oh, dude, IG88 IG is the coolest. He's the coolest. Yeah, just oh. a merciless death robot. Dude, I love the idea of. Uh, IG eighty eight's try, trying to track down R two D two because he knows R two D two is the greatest rebel spy. Yeah, there you go. IG eighty eight versus R two D two. Fuck yes, I want a t shirt mm-hmm. now. T Fury, get on that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm all amped about this now. Well, it's not going to happen, so <laughs> don't get too amped. Oh, right, Jesse. What's your first topic? Um, well, uh, I, I thought we should talk about some of the, the, the excitement in Boulder that took place. I think we should, man. We need to Specific- do a recap of this weekend. Yeah, th- this will be kind of like our mini recap, but mm-hmm. I, I did want 
uh, to talk to you about some of the things that were that were new. New new uh, things happened. Yes. For example, you got to play Battlestar for the first time. I got to play Battlestar Galactica, the board game, for the first time. Um, so what? What's your takeaway from that? My takeaway is Human Alliance Forever is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, see, that's just playing the game, though. Okay, so here's what happens in the Battlestar Galactica board game: is that everybody has a subjective. Basically, the point of the game, you win the game if you are the humans. If you jump the ship eight times, right? Yeah, eight distance worth. Eight distance worth of times. Which tends to be like five light speed jumps. Right. Um, and then you win the game. So it's pretty simple, right? But the problem is there are people who are playing the game who are actually Cylons, and they are trying to screw everything up, and they're trying to bring down your population or your food or your fuel or your morale to zero. And if they do that, then the Cylons win the game, and the humans lose the game. So it's a weird game because it's like a co-op game, but it's still team versus team. Um, and at the very beginning of the game, you hand out <laughs> cards to everybody, and your card will, and you don't reveal that card to anyone, but that card will tell you whether you are a Cylon or whether you are a human. Um, and the thing about this game is that it's supposed to work in a way that if you shuffle the cards together right, then somebody is going to be a Cylon the first round. And then See, that's not necessarily true. Okay. Because we did it right. Okay. Well, and then halfway through the game, you divvy out the cards again. So people who didn't know they were Cylons can now be Cylons because they're sleeper Cylons. Is this all correct? Yeah. Okay. So we divvied out all the cards, and I was super drunk, and we started playing at like 1230 in the morning. So I just was like, well, I, I, I had my card. It said I, I am not a Cylon on my card. But I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to say I'm a Cylon. Let's see how this works. A little re- reverse psychology. Unfortunately, <laughs> saying that and being belligerent about it, everybody thought I was a Cylon. <laughs> I wonder uh, why that why that was. Right. But the first round of the game, turns out no one was a Cylon. And then you, Jesse, and your buddy Levi, and your buddy Aaron were saying Human Alliance Forever, and that's just a bunch of, that's just a load of crap. That and is how the game is played. It's throwing, not a load of crap. Throwing people on the brig. Yeah, uh, like the belligerent drunken Cylon. Well, that was probably a good thing. I needed to, I needed to, <laughs> I needed to dry out a little bit. <laughs> uh, but you throw me in the brig. You also throw Jordy in the brig for no apparent right. reason, just because he... Uh, he was the the Cylon last time, and you're basically punishing him for the last time you guys played the game, and you lost. No, it's because I actually genuinely suspected that you weren't the Cylon, so yeah. by process of elimination, it fell on Jordy. But I will promise you this, Jesse. In the future, if I am the Cylon, I will fucking reveal that shit. I'm not going to play the covert Cylon. I will play the overt Cylon every time. So if okay. I'm the Cylon, you will know I'm the Cylon. That's fine. It turned out in the game that I was the Cylon. <laughs> in the second round, I was the sleeper Cylon, and so was Jordy. So yeah. both the people that you suspected turned out to be Cylons, when which is very convenient. Agent, when the dust settled from the sleeper agent phase, yeah. the human alliance forever remained intact, and both the Cylons were safely in the brig. 
I was not in the brig. You were too. No, I got out of the brig before that oh. happened. Mm. I well, you were about to go right it. back in. Yeah. <laughs> and and the Cylons ended up losing, and the humans ended up winning. So, yeah. congratulations. Uh, do I like the game? Yes, I love the game. <laughs> do I want to play it again? No, because everybody's going to assume I'm the Cylon because uh, I was the Cylon last time. See, that's not necessarily true. You guys did that to Jordy. You punished him for the last time that he destroyed you guys. We, uh, no, I mean, not not totally true. You definitely threw him in the brig before he was a Cylon. I threw him in the brig because I knew that Gino wasn't the Cylon. Ugh. I I knew that Levi wasn't, and I suspected that Aaron wasn't. So by process of elimination, uh, it was either you or Jordy, and, and it turned out to be both of you. Both you and Aaron were acting super Cylon-y. Oh, yeah. That's not true at all. I was convinced that both of you were Cylons. Well, you were wrong. Well, what can I say? I'm... <laughs> I thought I was good at reading you after knowing you for 12 <laughs> or 13 years, and apparently no. Yeah, uh, that happened in uh, one of the games with Levi. I totally turned on him and put him in the brig, and it turned <laughs> out he wasn't a Cylon. Oh, man. But he blinked when I asked him if he was a Cylon. He said, no, I'm not a Cylon. He blinked halfway through. <laughs> he blinked? <laughs> he blinked. <laughs> That's a tell. No, it's not. It's a tell. You only learn people's tells by seeing them bluff. You don't. He, he shouldn't have blinked. Levi is a man with no eyelids, and the <laughs> fact that he blinked was very suspicious. But uh, but overall, if you want a fun time, and it's also a pretty easy game to learn. Uh, yeah. It, there's there's not a high learning curve on that game. Um, I'm sure that there's some strategy stuff that I didn't really comprehend, and I I'd probably play it better next time, but. Uh, overall, I had a lot of fun, and I would say play Battlestar Galactica, the board game. And Jesse, we got to throw it out there. Neither you nor I are fans of the show. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've only seen a little bit of the show, yeah. so you don't need to be a fan to enjoy to like the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could paint it into, like, My Little Pony, the board game, and yeah, it's just, I would still enjoy it. It's just a good board game mechanic. Right. What else? What else do we do? Well, we played Great Crash for the first time. Well, I oh, did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the new iteration of Magic the Gathering, Gate Crash, yeah. second in the uh, Return to Ravnica block, right. came out, right. uh, was released officially on Friday, and uh, we did a Magic draft yep. and played a ton of Magic, which was a lot of fun. It was fun. And I'll just say, I said it once, I'll say it, say it again, uh, Magic is a great way to pass the time on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like a three-hour flight home, and we it breezed by, just playing yeah, flew right through it. And the thing I like about Gate Crash is that I like Gate Crash's mechanics a lot better than I liked uh, Return to Ravnica's mechanics. Yeah. Um, and I would say, God, this whole block, though. I mean, the Return to Ravnica block. If you want to get into Magic, if you're curious about it, this is the perfect time to get in. Because this well, is Well, yes and no. Why? Well, yes, because it's fun, but yep. no, because it's a very complex block. Well, the thing that I like about it is that there are five mechanics. So there are keywords that are on the cards, which are kind of your little rules that you play by, that will harken back to earlier editions. But they're all standard things like Intimidate, Death Touch, First Strike, Flying, 
they're all pretty pretty standard keywords. And then on top of those, uh, and you can you can uh, understand those by just looking at a wiki page, and you're you're up to speed on those ones. Um, but the thing that I like about it is that, and the thing I like about the whole return Ravnica block is they've simplified it by making five mechanics for each guild, and there are five guilds in each set. So if you can memorize five different rules, which you could do for any game, is saying, oh, these are the five rules that we're playing by in this game, then you can figure out how to build your deck based on those five rules. Well, I'm just saying magic in itself... Right. Even without any extra rules, is already very complicated. Yeah, and you're trying to work in like two or three colors. It becomes pretty, pretty intense. I just think it's better to learn in a core set. Yeah, that's true. Core sets are the way to learn because core sets you're not going to be mixing colors a ton. Exactly. Uh, if you're doing that, you're doing it by choice because there are no multicolored cards. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, typically yes. Yeah. Um. But overall, if you're a Magic fiend, if you've been waiting... I would say this. If you played Magic a while ago and then you got out of Magic and you're looking for a time to get back in, this is the time, dude. This block is really, really fun. Yeah, I haven't really played much since Shards of Alara. Yeah. So I'm getting back into it now. It's funny because Shards of Alara was a tricolor set, so now I'm jumping back into a two-color at least set, right. possibly three-color. Right. It's it's built to be a dual a two color set, right? Um, if you're doing constructed, yeah. But at the same time, it allows you because there's crossover between the guilds. So, like, say you're playing red white. Well, there are white cards that are Orzhov, so they're going to use the extort mechanic, and you can play them in your Boros deck because they're a solid white card, and you can play red white. So you can go absolutely dual color and still be able to take advantage of other guilds' abilities. True. So if that's if that's nerding out enough for you, I would say Gate Crash <laughs> rules, and I like it better than Return to Ravnica. Yeah, I think that the I, mechanics overall are more fun than Return to Ravnica. Yeah, I'm going to um, not not this Friday tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, I'm going to do a booster draft All right. here in town. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I feel like I'm already kind of a veteran drafter because yeah. of the this weekend. Well, we did a great draft. Uh, we got a lot of great decks together. And the thing that I liked about our decks is that they had great parity. So, like, whereas I could dominate over one deck, like, I dominated Jordy's deck. But for some reason, Aaron had a really tough time. And Aaron had the best deck of any of us. Right. So and that just was... goes back to the classic rivalries of, like, Red versus blue, you know. Yeah. Green versus black. Certain colors are supposed to be able to dominate other colors. Right. So that was super cool. What, Jesse, what else did we do this weekend that was fun? Well, we went to the Avery Brewing Company. We did, and we for the first time. So we not only went to Avery Brewing Company, but we went to what was? The, do you remember the name of the first bar we went to? Falling Rock. Falling Rock, which was a great bar. It had like 50, a beer bar, like classic beer bar. Yeah, Fifty beers on tap. Great burgers at Huge good bottle prices. selection. Huge bottles. Yeah, 50 beers on tap and then 50 bottles to choose from. Uh-huh. Very reasonable prices. Prices are very reasonable. Uh, and then we went to 1UP, which was a gamer oh, bar. so awesome. So cool. If you're in Denver, you have to go have there. You have to go to 1UP because it's full of classic arcade and pinball machines. And guess what? They're all their original prices, so you're only going to be dropping a quarter to play. Yeah, like, that's that amazing. Is awesome that was so awesome and we fulfilled 
our childhood dream of beating the Simpsons uh, arcade game four player. Mm-hmm. And we did it in about 15 minutes. So that was fun. <laughs> it was really cool. So one up was cool. Then we went to Avery Brewing Company, which is an amazing place. It was cool. You could sit in, in a room filled with all of the aging barrels and it was really cool. And then the last night we went to the, was it the dark horse? Is that what it's called? I don't remember. I think it's the dark horse in Boulder, which was also a really cool bar with like, it had three bars and multiple rooms, and there was, like, a bunch of weird stuff all over the place. Uh, but, Jesse, what was your favorite bar that we went to in the Denver-slash-Boulder area? Oh, probably Falling Rock just because of their amazing selection. And they had the yeah. – um, what what's that uh, What's that Stone series, like the yeah, end of the world the one? Vertical, the Vertical. Yeah, uh, they, had the, they had the tap handles on the wall. Based, they had hundreds – maybe thousands of tap handles mm-hmm. on the walls and uh they had the vertical going back to 666 yeah no they had the vertical uh, going I, back to 222 oh did they have it to yeah two? yeah yeah so they get some really interesting and uh rare beers there because yeah. obviously they have a great reputation and it was cool to get out of the northwest because i feel like you go to a beer bar up here and I'm not 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 for nothing. I mean, Northwest beers are great, but you go to a beer bar here; it's full of Northwest brews. And we we went to that brewery down there in Denver, or when we went to when we went to Falling Rock, the bar in Denver. It was like no, very few beers that I'd ever heard of before. Yeah, they had a lot a lot of California, a ton of Colorado beers. They yeah. didn't have any Washington beers. Yeah. Which was interesting. It was really interesting. And it was cool to be able to try a bunch of really – and everything I tried there was, was great. I really had a great time. And I had the spiciest thing I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> You're so hungry. You downed it in like two minutes. Yeah. I'm glad I had beer there to cool me off. Was that a burger? Yeah, it was the Blackens, uh, the Blackens Bacon Burger. And I really do think that the chef like made a mistake and accidentally like didn't have the cap on the uh, chili powder and just <laughs> – just Dumped drowned it because it, it was the spiciest thing I've ever eaten. Um, wow. So yeah, I'm I'm all for Falling Rock too. Plus the burgers, like I said, were super reasonable. They were like seven dollars for like a, a burger that you would pay ten dollars for at Red Robin, but it was like ten times better than that. Yeah, so they're really good. And they're cooked. They cooked a medium rare or a medium burger that was right. still you know a little pink in the middle. Yeah, and that's what you so, want. And mine yeah. was pink, and it was filled with chili powder. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, it was a great weekend. You heard our drunk dial. Uh, hopefully, we can have Aaron or Jim on soon to uh, to at least recap and to muse with us because I just love hanging out with those guys. N- nothing makes me happier than uh, than hanging out with the entire crew, and I feel like they're officially part of our crew now. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've paid their dues. They have. <laughs> they've flown across the nation uh, right. multiple times to hang out with us. So Yeah, I just love those moments when you're just like, we're all in Boulder, Colorado right now. <laughs> yeah. We we all on our own volition just flew out to meet each other here <laughs> and play games and drink beer, and that's exactly what we're doing. It made me feel very adult yet juvenile at the same time. Yeah, it made me feel uh, like I'm doing the things I want to do as an adult, which are things that you would want to do when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. When I grow up, I'm going to totally fly to Boulder and drink beer with my buddies and play Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and well, that's the whole Uh thing. It's like – and that's why I think people – I find people my age getting back into Magic the Gathering because, oh, now we can just buy the cards we want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know? We also didn't really have the – 
internet so much in the nineties. Well, that's true. Well, anyway, uh, Jesse, we got to move on to trivia. Yeah, and we I have, need to uh, step on the nitro booster. Yeah, what it, we'll, we'll rush through this the second topics, but you know, we had a short episode last week, so we're just gonna we're just gonna let it flow. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, this week I have a I have a story behind our trivia. So we've gotten comments in the past that Genius One Trivial Pursuit is a little antiquated, and also we've been asking each other the same questions for the last 130 episodes. So our good friend Brad Omen, friend of the show, uh, I had beers with him last night at the Angry Beaver, which is a Canadian bar here in Seattle, and I really liked the theme. Ate some poutine, watched some hockey. It was fun. What? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, dog. They have three different kinds of poutine. Where? What? Yeah, Where like, is this? It's on Greenwood. It used to be the Pig and Whistle. This is my dream bar. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, but anyway, he told me that when he was in Australia, he was going around and he was planning on just buying a board game that he could just play in Australia and leave there. Uh, uh, but he started talking to the game store owner in Australia and he was like, what's a game that I can only get here? And he thinks that uh, the game store owner kind of pawned this game off of him because it's out of print and I think they're having trouble selling it. It's called World Domination, which mm-hmm. you'd think would be a risk game, but it's actually just a ripoff of Trivial Pursuit. Weird. <laughs> and instead of uh, categories like geography or science and nature or sports and leisure, it's got a different continent for each question. Oh, there so you go. there are Australia-centric co- uh, questions. There are America-centric questions. There are Asia-centric questions. So I'm going to give this a whirl, Jesse. I'm going to roll six-sided die, and I feel like if uh, if Australia pops up, you're going to have a distinct advantage. It's possible. Or it's possible that since it's an Australian game, it'll be way too insider for either of us. <laughs> well, I rolled a four, which means we're doing Europe this week. All right. So Jesse, You've been there. I have not. Yes, but you studied it. Uh, so, Jesse, this question is for you. Which train service was at the center of a famous Agatha Christie story? Uh, the Orient Express? I was going to say that. Uh, I'm just going to say the uh, the Channel train. <laughs> uh, the Orient Express, you're on the board. Woo-hoo! All right, this one's for me. Which drummer became a huge solo act when he released Face Value? I'm going to go with Phil Collins. Oh, with Ringo Starr. Phil Collins, I got it. All right, Jesse, this question's for you. Please play along at home. Uh, which country saw its foreign minister, Anna Lind, stabbed to death in 2003? Oh, God. I uh, I don't even know. It's got to be one of those wacky ones. Yeah, like an Easter block. Yeah. Um, Serbia? Yeah, I'll go with Bulgaria. Sweden! <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> one of those Germanic ones, as Eric would say. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Scandahoovian. Um. <laughs> which avenue, this one's for me, which avenue in London is the heart of the city's theater district? <sighs> I'm going to go with, this is tough. I'm going to go with Piccadilly Circus. I'll say Globe Avenue. Shaftesbury Avenue. Uh, that was my second Classic guess. Classic Shaftesbury. All right. That means <laughs> there's also a general knowledge one, Jesse. 
General so, knowledge tiebreaker? General knowledge tiebreaker. Here we go. What was the first of the Ten Commandments according to Genesis 20? Wow, this sucks. <laughs> that Don't kill? I believe it is... Uh, Freedom of speech? Follow the Lord your God with all your heart. Oh, what? what? This isn't true. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I don't like this. Jesse, let's roll off to uh, I, see. I feel like you're geographically closest on that uh, one. I think so. All right, I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> so I win everything this week. That means it's my second topic time. Uh, so my second topic this week, I wanted to get your uh, your take on this. Uh, so we, we've been talking about Guardians of the Galaxy for a while in here. I've been talking about it because uh, it's, a, it's a Marvel movie that's coming out in 2015. It's supposed to be a pretty big lead-up to the Avengers 2. It's introducing a brand new band of superheroes to the Marvel Universe on film. And uh, and it's headed up by this guy named Star-Lord, who is an Earth astronaut who is then promoted to intergalactic police officer. And I think that this is a character that people are really going to latch on to the way that they've latched on to Boba Fett or Rorschach. I think that this is the type of guy uh, that they're that this is supposed to uh, supposed to harken back to. But they cast him. Um, so uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be directed by James Gunn. Um, it's going to have a talking raccoon. It's going to have a talking tree. It's going to be a little kooky. James Gunn directed the movie Super, uh, starring Rain Wilson. I got to interview him and Rain about it. It was really cool. Uh, I liked that movie, but it was very indie, so I'm excited with the, to see what he'll do with the giant budget um, behind Marvel and Disney. Real quick aside, I yep. think that Rain Wilson... Russell Wilson and I should have a podcast. I think so too. Wilson, 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 Wilson. Uh huh. <laughs> I love it. Wilson number three. That'll yeah. be me. Confusingly. Yeah. Uh, and you'll wear the three jersey of Russell Wilson. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, but James Gunn direct or he cast Star Lord, who's going to be basically your main character of this Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and he dir- and he cast Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation. Which one is he? He plays Andy, the <laughs> lovable shoe shiner slash acoustic guitar lead singer of Mouse Rat. Uh, weird. You might as well have casted the guy who plays Keith Stone in those commercials. <laughs> oh, I love this casting. Also, That's so bizarre. Chris Pratt was in the aforementioned by uh, German correspondent Dennis Kleinbeck's Zero Dark Thirty, and he got all ripped for that role to play Are a Navy Seal. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that now. Dude, Chris Pratt is fucking blowing up. Is he a good actor? I I think he's good, man. Because I, I kind of just thought he could only play that one guy that he plays in Parks and Rec. But no, maybe I'm wrong. He's actually been acting for a very long time. And he plays Andy really well. In the, you know, I think in the same way that like <laughs> Steve Carell plays, uh, plays Michael Scott very well. Like he's mm-hmm. just a good actor, and he's able to get in those shoes. He's able to play a dummy in a very entertaining way, but I don't think he's actually just a dummy. Interesting, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm gonna look up him on uh, IMDb here, uh, if I can spell his name correctly with an H. Okay, Chris Pratt. Oh, he's in Moneyball. He played uh, the first baseman for Moneyball, Scott Hatterberg. Uh, what else was he in? He's in the five-year engagement. He was married to Allison Brie in that movie. Also very good. I think he's good, man. 
He was also in Wanted. So. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these movies. Well, there you go. This episode is officially the What Movies Has Jesse Not Seen podcast. <laughs> there actually Underscore is, all of them. There is a podcast on r slash podcast called, like, Mark Hasn't Seen This Movie, and it's about... This I've dude, heard like, that. Yeah. I've, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's about this dude who's never seen any movie, and each movie, <laughs> each week he watches a movie. But I'm excited I think about I, this. I, I could take him to task in movies, not seeing movies. Yeah, I think so, too. But, Jesse, the reason why I want to talk to you about this is because I know you have seen Parks and Recreation. Right. And Love it. Do you think this is a good casting? Do you think he's going to be able to uh, toe the line with people like Chris Hemsworth, who's playing Thor, or Chris, uh, the other guy who's playing Captain America? Because he's the third Chris. <laughs> That's our rival podcast on the Wilson Wilson Cubed cast. Yeah, the Chris, Chris, Chris superhero cast. <laughs> Chris Evans. Chris Evans plays Captain America. Apparently, he's a great actor, so yes? I think it's cool, and I'm excited. Like like I said, this is a this is a movie. It's Guardian of the Galaxy. It's got a talking raccoon, Rocket Raccoon. Um, it's got a talking tree. It's got a guy named Drax the Destroyer who's like a green alien crazy dude. And then it's got this lady who is raised by Thanos himself. Uh, yeah, and... see, this is wherein lies the problem. Why? Because this movie's going to suck. I think it's going to be awesome. It's way, way too removed from anything. No, but Thanos was brought into the series. Like, this is going to be your setup for Avengers 2. No, no, I'm sorry, no. Like, you're way too far out now. Uh... You've gone, like... Avengers was kind of relatable, kind mm -hmm. of. It wasn't a great movie, in my opinion, because they got, like, you have Tony Stark, who's still just, like, the classy billionaire guy or whatever, yeah. the scientist who turns into the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're taking it a step further where you have a crazy outer space yeah. convoluted plot, but now none of the heroes are relatable at all, and they're well, all CGI. Well, that's what Star-Lord is there for, though. He's your Earthling who has you been thrust not, into this world of aliens. It's too little. Well, I think that Chris Evans is a very likable guy. I think he's a good everyman. And I think he might be capable of bringing you into this world. And it sounds like he's going to have a comedy bent because we talked about this, uh, I think, two weeks ago that uh, both Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler are in talks for doing some kind of role in this movie. Uh, yeah. I would think those would, they would probably fit in best as All right, you've convinced actors. me. It's going to be awesome now. I love it. It's going to be hor. I'm calling it now. Okay. Th this movie's going to be unwatchably bad. This is my this is my most intriguing movie in the Marvel universe. It'll be in post production forever. <laughs> and then it'll come out, they'll try and bury it. It'll be a bomb and uh they'll reboot the entire franchise. All right, Jesse. Well, if there's one thing I know about you, it's to follow your movie chops cuz you got them, buddy. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, I kid because I love. I kid because I love. Mm -hmm. um, I hope but chin falls off. But then we have a we have a a follow up, and this was uh this was brought up by uh by one of our listeners over on the PA page, Ollie James, our our British correspondent. Ollie, why haven't you called in yet? You live in England. You have a great accent. Call us at three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Get drunk uh, first. Yeah, get drunk first. Drunk dial us uh, on some Guinness or or uh, Smithics or Boddingtons or whatever you drink over there. Uh, but, uh, but he sent us a link about the possible future of Marvel's green Goliath, the Hulk. Uh, he's thinking that Hulk, and this is an article that explains that basically Hulk two is going to be planet Hulk. 
where the the events of the Avengers two, because Hulk two is going to come out after the Avengers, uh, after the Avengers two. He's uh, this article kind of talks about how after the Avengers two, he thinks that Tony Stark and and Captain America are going to send Hulk away into outer space. He's going to land on planet Hulk, and that's what Hulk two will be about, and that'll be a setup for Avengers three, where Avengers three is World War Hulk. Where Hulk, after conquering a planet, and in, in Hulk two comes back to Earth for Avengers three and is the villain uh, trying to destroy the planet. Yeah, I had mentioned that before when we were talking about the Hulk movies. Yeah. How a Planet Hulk, I think, would be a really cool one. Yeah, and you, you're a fan of Planet Hulk. Yes, it was a pretty good comic book. Well, I think that this is cool, man. I think they're getting weird, and I like it. Yeah, I can see with the Hulk because it's just a smash fest. But yeah. if you're going to try and have, I don't know, dialogue. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing is that you're also getting Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. And Rocket Raccoon actually plays an instrumental role in Planet Hulk. So Great. we're expanding the universe. Awesome. Well, what what are we watching as film? I like. <laughs> <laughs> is this a joke? Is what this is... like some joke like you and Roger Dobsey are like? Yeah. Jesse doesn't actually watch movies. Let's <laughs> let's make up the most ridiculous thing ever conceived and pretend we're going to play a trick on him to believe that these things are actually being made as movies. Oh, God. I think it's awesome. That's the thing, too, is, uh, you know, there was a speculation today that, like, um, I think Mark Miller, who's the guy who was heading up Marvel, or I don't, I don't know where he's from, but he was saying that the, the Justice League movie is doomed to fail. Because DC is setting itself up as like these super serious dark films because they're trying to emulate the Dark Knight trilogy. And that the reason why the Avengers worked is because it was so lighthearted and fun. And that's the main thing is that the Avengers are going fun and uh, DC is going super dark. Right. And spurious. So, I don't know. Spurious. I'm excited about it, Jesse. Uh, I'm excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm excited about Chris Pratt. And I'm most excited about Rocket Raccoon. I want to get the action figure. So uh, deal with it. Get off my back. Uh, I've already dealt. Okay. Well, what's your second topic? Uh, well, real quickly here, Tim Langley uh, commented and wanted us to discuss the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just a hump and make a bunch of babies and then die and they carry on your genetic material. But that's just me. Well, that's just what we're pre-programmed to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm good with that. So try to find things that uh, you want to do instead of that. I think that's the that's the meaning of life. It's to deny your No, it's uh, about evolutionary your, line. It's about you're genetically programmed to evolve your species. But if you can find things that you want to do more than that, then do those things. Nah, just say do those things. All right. Either or you're you're you've already got the head start. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anything else? Nope, that's it. I think we should move on to recommendations and call it a cast. All right. Well, before we do that, I do want to let people know how they can get in touch with us. Of course, you can find us. Uh, our personal arrogance Facebook page has been blowing up this week. Lots of new likes, uh, and we like that. Uh, got a sh- shout out to James McKinnon, Kevin Freeman, Shelley Fisk, Terry Seal. Derek Romaine, Tim Treader, and Pam Geyser. Pam, we, we met you at the meetup. We love you. Also, Rob McCodville, Michelle Wu, Aaron Martinez. It's blowing up. Jesus. Uh, Mark Mark Calabio, Joseph S. Hallett. We got a ton of uh, likes on our Facebook page. 
You can you can like us on Facebook. You can also like us on the Facebook, uh, the Bald Move Facebook. There's a lot of great content on the Bald Move Facebook page. It's going to lead you to all of the great podcasts. Uh, whether you're talking Watching Dead, which is going to be sprouting up soon, whether you're talking talking Game of Thrones, which is sprouting up soon, whether you're talking the Because Show, whether you're talking all of the great threads for things like Downton Abbey, Justified, Homeland. If you want to talk TV shows, this is the place you need to go. Bald Move Facebook page. Um, and as stated before, you can give us a call at uh, 360-362-0024. Or if you're so inclined, if you have a weird voice and you know we'll just make fun of it, you can write us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Um, I do want to get to one more quick uh, phone call that we got from Orange County. James, take it away. Hey, guys. My name is James, and I'm from Orange County, California. I am actually a new listener to the podcast, and I must say it is very good. Although I don't drink, so I find it hard to listen to all the talk about beer, but I still enjoy listening to you guys. You have a lot of cool things to talk about. Uh, I just, I've been trying to keep catch up with all the podcasts you've done. And I was wondering, I was listening to a podcast when you were talking about, uh, Sasquatches a lot, or you mentioned Sasquatch a lot with regard to fairies, I think. And I just wanted to know, what are you guys take, uh, takes on cryptozoology? Like, do you believe in creatures like the Sasquatch or the Yeti or Loch Ness Monster or what have you? Uh, I'd like to think that, you know, there could be something like that out there. I'm just not entirely sure. Just wanted to get your input on that, guys, and uh, stay arrogant. Get off my back, James. Get off my back. Uh, and thanks for uh, calling in. Thanks for, thank you for calling in. Uh, the thing that I love about – I love Sasquatch because that's our that's our local legend. Right. I don't like it when you have Oklahoma trying to claim the Swamp Man as a Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't like it when the Colorado Avalanche have a Bigfoot on their jerseys. Sasquatch is ours. We are the number one state in the country of Sasquatch sightings. So get off our backs. We love Sasquatch. And we all know that Native Native American legends should be divvied up by our states that we've arbitrarily placed exactly. upon the landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, as far as the Loch Ness Monster, I actually like the idea of the Loch Ness Monster as well. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's feasible? No. Entirely, yes. But I love lake monsters. <laughs> I just think that it's all part of our culture, you know? And if one day, I mean, Gigantopithecus, I listen to the Stuff You Should Know podcast about Sasquatch. Gipan, Gigant, ugh, Gigantopithecus was a large orangutan creature. It stood eight feet tall. There have been a basic Sasquatch species that have walked the earth at one time. And is it feasible? I don't know. Have you seen Canada? It's a fucking gigantic country. <laughs> and people only live in about 1% of it. So could have gigant- could Gigantopithecus have walked across the land bridge uh, carrying Eskimos on his back as he comes over into the country? Maybe. But uh, I don't know. It's fun. To- it's fun to have that mystery around. If cryptozoology had been a thing back in uh, 1890, yeah, gorillas would have been considered cryptozoological. Well, did you hear about – so when the first expedition team, the first naturalists landed on Australia, yeah, they were, ta- they were bagging and tagging species, 
they bag and tag a, a duck-billed platypus and send it back to England, and they're like, there's no way this is real. Yeah, they thought it was a hoax. Yeah. So, you know, there's always room for discovery. Why not? James, thank you for calling, and stay warm down there in Orange County. I know you will. I hope you're not a, I hope you're not an Angels fan, James. Root for the Dodgers. Wow. Speak to your heart. Is that a Mariners thing? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe James will come up here for a game and we can cheer. I don't know. Love. Let's move on. I'm getting a little tipsy. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> What's your first recommendation, uh, winner first, at life? Thank you. My first recommendation this week is going to be a new podcast app. I know in the past that I've recommended Stitcher, uh, but guys, Stitcher sucks now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry that I recommended it. It was great when it first came out, but now it's just full of ads and it's full of tons of load time. And and you have to upload to a separate feed in order to get it on the Stitcher. And I'm just like, gosh, this is awful. It's a free app, but if you want to be get bombarded with ads and have terrible uh, service, then go for it. Go otherwise, to for that, yeah. Otherwise, you could just pay two dollars, and uh, and you can get the Downcast app. So, are two dollars worth no ads on the podcast for the rest of your life? I think so. Uh, this is a great app. It you can subscribe to podcasts directly. It it taps right into the uh, to the iTunes feed. So things like the Magic the Gathering Drive to Work podcast, you can get it on here where you can't get it on Stitcher. Um, and it's super easy to peruse old episodes. So if you're looking for a podcast app, go for the Downcast. It is $2, but guys, it's $2. That's literally cheaper than fries. <laughs> so go for it. And, uh, yeah, like personal. Yeah, that's a bacon add-on. Yeah, exactly. And personal arguments is on there. And, and like, Stitcher would only display the last 10 episodes, whereas uh, Downcast, uh, Downcast actually shows a ton of our old episodes. I think it shows every episode that shows up in the iTunes feed. It's a great, cool. it's a great app. Two bucks, throw it down, uh, get go go to town, throw it down and go to town. Downcast app. Jesse, what's your first recommendation? Uh, my first recommendation is the Wilson F one four one five NFL MVP football official size. Did you get it? I got it. I bought it. Um, I ordered <laughs> it on Amazon for twelve dollars. <laughs> I just on think it's Tuesday. So and it's in my hands right now. So this goes along with the whole Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. Yeah, it's a real Wilson conundrum. What is the deal with you? See, you, you, Rain Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, and Wilson Wilson from uh, <laughs> Home Improvement need to have a show together. Yeah. Um, remember and, when and, I said that? And, and, and also the, the volleyball from Castaway. Yeah. Remember <laughs> when I said the meaning of life was to just go out and multiply? Yeah, you're. That's you're why there's so job. many of us. There's few Walquists. <laughs> See, you have yours is to uh, find the higher meaning beyond procreation. Yeah, that's why there's so few Walquists. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I got it today. I took it out and uh, threw the ball around with Tasha today. Mm. Had a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to just play around with a football, man. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, it is super fun, and it's also fun to watch a football game with a football in your hands right yeah i don't think i'll ever watch a football game without this in it's my hands. super fun you just gotta really make sure you don't throw it at the television <laughs> you have one job catch a ball <laughs> and uh my recommendation this week is gonna be a dude his name's sean chriswell uh he's a listener 
he introduced Jacob DeFord to this podcast, and he had a birthday last week. So Jacob wanted us to shout out to him. And my recommendation in general is birthday shout outs. We would love to shout out uh, birthdays and say, Sappy birthday to you, because uh, happy birthday is copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> so, Sappy birthday to you, Son. Oh, it's Sean Chriswell. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spreading the word. You're doing it big, man, because you know that if you want to, uh, if you want to find the best way to social mediaize us, just talk to your friends about us. That's the best way to do it. I also want to give a, a quick shout out uh, to none other than than the aforementioned Jacob DeFore, or not actually Jacob DeFore, uh, <laughs> James Patterson. He says, "I stole this from Reddit, but if you had to be Hell's architect." How would you design hell in regards to maximum human suffering? Jesse, please answer this question in four words or less. Um, learn from PAX. <laughs> I was just I was just going to say Justin Bieber Clone Wars. Well, there's that too. Yeah. And also Amanda Pike inspired by Phoenix Jones. What would you say entertainment's what would you say entertainment world's next great hero will be? I think I already talked about it. Chris Pike as Star Lord, Jesse, what's your recommendation? Uh, well, it's it's been recommended twice already, but I wanted to recommend Drafters in the Rafters. If you're on an airplane yep. flight with a couple buddies, you can do a little mini uh, Magic the Gathering draft and pass the time. It flew by so fast, I was bummed out when we were landing. <laughs> it literally flew by. Heyo, heyo. Uh, Drafters in the Rafters, get some Magic cards, and plus, uh, people stay away from you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's a huge problem on airplanes. We are, <laughs> we are convinced that we landed. We we landed ahead of schedule on both flights because the pilot was trying to get away from us. Yeah, can't be on the plane <laughs> with these freaking nerds any longer. Yeah, this the 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 nerd repulsion is 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 strong with these ones. All right, Jesse, good good app, good pod. Thank you. Do you have anything else this week? No, that's it, guys. I'm so happy to be podcasting again. I'm finishing the nightcap with a snowcap from Pyramid. Uh, Everybody in the club's getting tipsy. And we'd like to remind you that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay stay arrogant. Get off my back. Yeah.